Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from Sacramento, California. Woke up quick at about noon. Featuring Damian Barling. Yes, I absolutely still love Russell Westbrook. So what? And Kenny Carraway. Sometimes you're really just vibing out. This is D-Lo and KC. I'm the streets voice out west. Legendary self-made progress. Last time that I checked. On ESPN 1320. Let's go, baby. We in here on this Wednesday, November 30th edition of D-Lo and KC. I'm Damian Borling. Acknowledge me! And that's it for now. Uh, Casey's still off. Scheduled to rejoin us tomorrow, though he didn't say this. I wonder if Kenny rejoining us tomorrow is dependent on the outcome of tonight's game. James Ham will join us here shortly. Uh, he was hanging out with 50 Cent in the Sacramento Kings at shoot-around here. Uh, and he'll make his way into the studio uh, as soon as he wraps up things there uh, at the Golden One Center. Of course, the story of the day, uh, the Sacramento Kings are in action looking to snap a three-game losing streak tonight at the Golden One Center. That's not the story. The story is their opponent. The story is the fact that they're taking on the Indiana Pacers. The story is this is a game that uh, a lot of people had circled on their calendar. This is one a lot of NBA writers were waiting for because they wanted to hitch the I told you so button, but we'll, we'll pause that for a second because there's been quite a bit written uh, today. Uh, Anthony Slater, by the way, wrote about it yesterday. Anthony Slater and Sam Amick uh, wrote about, you know, they revisited uh, the Halliburton-Sabonis trade and what it looks like now that a chunk of games have actually been played here uh, during the season. So we'll talk to Anthony Slater uh, coming up later on in the show, 220 uh, to be exact, Anthony Slater uh, will be with us. Will Z will be with us in about 20 minutes. He dropped his uh, Pacers-Kings preview by the numbers over on ESPN 1320's website today. And then Brendan Nunez, uh, he'll be with us in the final hour of the show, the go-home hour of the show, and he'll he'll share his emotions on his buddy Tyrese Halliburton uh, and Buddy Heald, uh, as a matter of fact, returning uh, to the Golden One Center tonight. But this is a trade a lot of people, I mean, obviously, it, it, it was an incredibly polarizing trade for a number of reasons. Um, Tyrese obviously showed star potential here in Sacramento, and it had people kind of feeling a certain way when he was traded. He's super likable. He was something. He was someone I think every Kings fan uh, really did enjoy, really did like, and he showed his value to this team really, really early. Unfortunately, and 
you know how I feel about that. And unfortunately, at the time, the team was still coached by Luke Walton. I don't think Luke Walton is a good basketball coach. I think that hindered him. Unfortunately, the roster was still bad. Uh, you had Marvin Bagley in and out of the lineup. You had Buddy Heald a little bit more erratic. You had a coach in Luke Walton who couldn't maximize what Buddy Heald could do for you for a variety of different reasons because part of maximizing Buddy Heald is minimizing his flaws or minimizing the impact of his flaws. Uh, and Luke couldn't do that. Uh, it appears Rick Carlisle has because I think that Buddy Heald has had a, a, a really good start to the season. Uh, Far from his greatest as Tyrese has had, and 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 I'm anxious to, I'm anxious to talk to to James about this and Anthony Slater. I'm anxious to talk to you about it because I, I had this realization preparing for this game. It's almost a certainty that Tyrese Halliburton is going to be an All Star this year. I mean, he's leading the league in assists. He really is having an incredible season. The team, I think, and and this is where expectations come into play. The Indiana Pacers' expectations were essentially nothing, tanking. The belief was the Indiana Pacers are they're, they're, they're setting up for the future, like expect uh, Miles Turner to be moved, expect Buddy Heald to be moved, expect that roster to be kind of blown up before the trade deadline and them getting into the Victor Wimbenyame, Scoot Henderson sweepstakes, and, and you're setting up your team for the long-term future right there. That might still be the case. But it might not. And the expectations for the Pacers were tanking. The expectations for the Pacers were to be bad. They're not bad. They're very, very good. And uh, we welcome in our 1320 Kings insider and creator of the Kings beat, uh, James Ham, here with us. Uh, James, fresh off. Uh, have a little toast with 50 Cent there after shoot around? Yeah. I mean, he didn't come over and say hi to us. So Hi, there, James. There was no hi, 50. Uh, that would have been great, though. Moment, yeah. Oh, this 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 has got bad vibes written all over it. Someone's <laughs> going to blow up in the locker room, and 50 Cent's going to come in to see everybody. Bad, bad, bad vibes. But I, I, we'll bring you right into the conversation, um, and, and then we'll get to, uh, you know, your, your takeaways from shoot around and who you talk to and all of that stuff. Fair, fair, fair or foul, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be an all-star this year. Oh, I think he's got a really, really good shot. Yeah, and I'm wondering, I, I think there's a lot of things that go into play in, in, in that the expectations for the Kings were a little bit different than the Pacers. For the Kings, it was, well, they did it. Like, you better be good. Like, you better figure this out. If you don't, no one's going to be surprised. If you do, well, you traded Tyrese Halliburton, you better have. So there's not really, there's there was there's not really a a big plus for them in any of this. Like, it was only a big negative if, if this thing had gone south. But they are winning basketball games, and they're fun. And Domas is playing well. Uh, De'Aaron, for the most part, has played well. I know he hasn't been particularly great the last three games, but his season overall has been really, really good. Same with DeMontis Sabonis. I, I, I wonder how that, because the narrative right now today is, hey, everybody won. All-Star game is still a couple of months away. Tyrese makes it. For argument's sake, and this is something we'll visit throughout the show, no one on the Kings does. I think that's going to create another narrative about this deal, and I think that's going to have some Kings fans feeling a certain way too. Yeah, I think so. Um, but at the same time, I'll say like the internal expectations for the Kings are playoffs. No one else has had that on the outside. Like if you look at where they came into the league, uh, came into the season as far as like the betting line, 
uh, you know, like Vegas had him at like 32 and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, most NBA experts have him as the 11th spot in the in the Western Conference. So, sure, the expectations from in, internally are to get to the playoffs. The fan base is praying for a playoff run, but uh, I think that there's like it's a it's a narrative that's changing now for sure that this team could be a playoff team. Um, but I think coming in, like, regular ba- basketball experts are like, yeah, we're still not sure. And I mm-hmm. agree with you. They, the Kings basically hit the nitro on their build. They t- they took a 22-year-old and traded it for a 25-year-old and tried to speed up the process, right? Um, it has every potential to backfire if, if Sabonis leaves. But even if he doesn't, like, I, I just don't know how how you can really judge this thing negatively. I mean, it sure. feels like it's going to be a split trade for a long time. And uh, and it's very possible that one of them makes an all-star team and one of them doesn't. And, and I think that fans will have feel a certain way about it, but I'm, I'm really not sure that it's it means all that much. Uh, both of these guys have potential to still be Hall of Famers in their careers. And, you know, that's something that you don't typically, if you're a— if you're a franchise like the Kings, you don't trade a guy with potential to be a Hall of Famer. But he he didn't really show that here. He showed that he could be a really good player and a strong rotational player. But I don't think anyone thought All Star. I mean, maybe maybe there are people who say, "Oh, I thought All Star," but you know, getting into the Western Conference All Star team is like one of the most difficult things it's ever been. <laughs> I mean, especially like, at that position. Yeah, especially at the guard position. You're dealing with a whole group of Hall of Famers that they get in just on their reputation. And and so, like, it's very difficult. And you know, I don't know that Tyrese would ever make an all-star team if he was in Sacramento, uh, you know, uh, still by himself, like, doing what he's doing in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's that difficult. We'll have to see how it goes. I wonder uh, also, and this is Jesse posed this question. I thought it was a, a, a great question. How long is this a thing? Do we, is this, like, years? Because this is, this is the first matchup, and it's in Sacramento, so I, I think this 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 game tonight is going to hold more water than the game later in the year that's in Indiana. But are we doing this again next year? In the year after? Like how long? Okay, it, 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 five years ago, Sabonis and Halliburton. You know the the, the 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 deal that shook up two teams. Like, are we doing this for the next half decade? Um, when was Marvin Bagley drafted? Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I saw, okay. all right. I saw it last night on Twitter when, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> when Luca was, you know, putting up a triple double, some yeah. crazy stat against the 41, 12, 12 and four steals. Yeah. And people are like in, in, on my timeline on Twitter, uh, crying that, you know, he's not a Sacramento King. Understandable. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I, I think I saw you, something bleep Vlade. Well, <laughs> Oh. So, yes, the answer is we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep well, doing it and doing it and doing it. And, again, at this point, like if this is the type of player that he's going to be allowed to be, like that's who uh, Halliburton is. If he's going to be a, you know, 19 and 12 guy or or 20 and 10 guy at, at the point guard position and he's going to rack up six or seven all-star games and everything else, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer and fans are going to have to deal with that. There's a Chris Mannix wrote an article, um, an actually fair article on. Uh, I know, I, I, I know. Believe it or not, <laughs> Chris Mannix wrote a wrote a very balanced article on the um, uh, Halliburton Sabonis deal, uh, as did Anthony Slater. 
uh, and Sam Amick of The Athletic, Anthony Slater, with us uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. Both of those articles focused, again, on Tyrese and Devonta Sabonis and that deal and the ramifications of that deal. Both of them referenced Marvin, Luca, and Vlade in the article. <laughs> I think you have to. Like, it's such – it's – you know, it's the lineage of the Kings at this point. Mm. I'll say this. And it's like, not even a distant lineage. It's like, it's it's right there. It is right there. 41, 12, 12, and 4 was last night. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think Marvin had that kind of stat line. I don't think he did. No. I, I, don't I, don't I didn't check, did. though, to be fair. I didn't check. I, I just, I don't think that he did. He was on the injury report with a migraine. I know that. I, I don't know if he played or not. I, I think he did play. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, these things, they stay with you. Like, Vlade will never get another general manager job in the NBA. Um, and I don't think that that's questionable uh, at this point. Um, I'll say this, though. Like, Monty McNair, he's the one who not only drafted Tyrese, but who actually traded Tyrese as mm-hmm. an asset. Um, and, you know, I, I think he'll get plenty of jobs in the NBA. The job he's done uh, to change a franchise around, to change all of the pieces outside of, like, three guys, um, has been pretty remarkable, like what he's been able to do in such a short amount of time. And that's the same thing. Like even uh, we at uh, shoot around today, we talked to Domas, and he said something like, you know, "Someone asked him about you know if he like hung out with the guys or anything." And he did have dinner with some of the staff and some of the players last night from Indiana. But he's like, "What are there like four or five guys left total from mm-hmm. the team he was on at midseason last year? Mm-hmm. Like most of that team is gone." Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's just the NBA. Like the teams are flipping these rosters so fast now. We're just getting started, man. Uh, James Ham, kind enough to join us here. Uh, the Kings take on the Pacers today. Will Z will join us. We'll preview this game uh, by the numbers when we return. We'll look at some of the other things that happened uh, in the NBA. Again, we're just getting started. Phone lines are open for you, 916-909-1320. Stilo and KC here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No, no, back to D-Lo and Casey. D-Lo and Casey on ESPN 1320. Boy, this, this, this World Cup has people in shambles, man. 
Like, Jesse's in there. He's, he's, he's having a tough time focusing on the show. And I, I guess we're a, a, a point away from from someone making the there's there's a lot going on here man i, I think you got you you got the world cup in front of you too i do have the world cup in front of me all right all right we'll we'll, we'll talk world cup after after will yeah okay all right well that um, you'll you'll talk world cup after will and i'll <laughs> and and i'll learn all i know is hey usa 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 uh, they, 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 they got the win yesterday and they moved along. Let's bring in our man, Will Z. Uh, preview by the numbers, Kings Pacers, available on the ESPN 1320 website. No one dives into the numbers uh, like our man, Will Z, does. Well, let's start here. You wrote about uh, Sabonis and Malik Monk and, and, and how that pairing seems to be clicking so well. What did your, uh, what did your deep dive tell you about those two? Yeah, I wanted to start off the article uh, with some Sabonis love because, um, like you've said before in the trade, he always kind of gets like the uh, forgotten man. So looked into some Sabonis and Monk numbers. A lot of people have talked about the Sabonis-Herder connection, um, but Sabonis and Monk, I thought, have been kind of building that connection over the last few games or so, too. And it shows in the numbers. Um, so over the last five games, Monk's shooting 60% on field goal attempts that are off of Sabonis passes. And uh, that breaks down to 64% on two-point attempts and 55 on three-point attempts. So it's just nice to see that chemistry, not only with Sabonis and Herder, but Sabonis and other players. And, uh, gets me excited for where they'll be at the end of the season when they all have more time to play together. Malik and uh, Malik has just been such an incredible playmaker. I'm I've said this to you yesterday, James. I'm so I, I did not know that aspect of his game was this strong. Yeah, I think it's interesting that what we've seen from him, um, you know, he's just taken over the second unit. It's not just, you know, as as a lead scorer. It reminds me a lot of like what we saw from young Lou Williams. Uh, from Jamal Crawford, where they they were more than just scores, they were able to get their teammates involved. And when you're as dynamic a scorer as he is, and you have free reign to do whatever it is that you want to do on that with that second unit, uh, that you draw so much attention, and, and that's what's happening. He's drawing attention, and then he's he's getting guys like Chemezi Metu. I mean, you have to remember he's not out there with you know De'Aaron Fox and Keegan Murray and. Uh, Harrison Barnes most of the time. He's not even out there with Sabonis the whole time. So he's got to create for guys who aren't starters, and that's different. And I think he's done a really good job of drawing so much attention to himself and then creating. I think it's pretty amazing, yeah, too. So, so, sorry, Will. Go, go, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I just wanted to point out that Monk's 4.3 assists off the bench are the one, two, three, four, fifth most of all bench players with at least five games played. So like, he's leading the league in bench assists almost up with Westbrook, John Wall, uh, Poole, and Scotty Barnes. So that's I mean, not a bad those list. Those are of guys certified right passers. <laughs> that is not a bad list of guys right there at all. Uh, it's also amazing. And I th- think you touched on this in the preview today too, Will, is Sabonis got comfortable really, really quick. That was one thing I was a little – concerned about heading into this year is his time last year was so so limited particularly his time with De'Aaron Fox was so limited and then you know both guys get hurt the offseason gets here the roster essentially 
gets blown up. And it's like, okay, Sabonis Fox, go out there and make magic together. And somehow, like De'Aaron, it's one thing to expect it from De'Aaron because of how long he's been here and how ingrained he is in the organization, even with the new crop of players. But for Sabonis, still kind of the new guy, he got comfortable really, really quickly. Yeah, it's super impressive. Um, and I think it speaks to the type of players that Monty's bringing in. Is just We hear it a lot, the smart IQ players, um, how they're able to kind of quickly adapt to each other's games. Yeah, and, and I'll say this too. like This season about is about sacrifice, right? It's about a, a bigger goal. Like everybody has to be all in, but that all in mentality is like, look, the focus is everybody has to accept what they're doing and try to flourish. And Sabonis is the ringleader of that. So while he may not be the most vocal guy, he's the guy right now who's averaging less than 17 points per game because he's trying to get everyone else involved. I asked him about it today. Is there a point where you're, you might need to be a little more selfish as far as an offensive player? And, and he said, yeah, but, you know, my job is to be a facilitator with this team, but I still have to start looking for those opportunities to get myself, you know, more involved in the offense. And the reason why that is is because when you have a player like Sabonis who is a walking bucket and, and, the, and his shooting percentages and everything else are so high, it's that when things go wrong in a game and some team has a 6-0 run on you, and you can feed a ball down to a guy like Sabonis and almost every single time get a bucket. You know, in, inside the paint, he's going to get you what? What's the stat, Will? What's his shooting numbers inside the circle at, at the rim? I mean, it's got to be like in the high 70s, high 80s. Um, yeah. Um, it, it was, last I checked, it was like 75 or so. Okay. You mean just... Yeah, so... Uh, it, but my recently point, it was in the 80s, in the more recent games. Yeah, and that's my point, like... When you need to stop a run, what you don't need is a is a buddy healed three point shot with twenty one from thirty two feet with twenty one seconds left on a shot clock. That's not what you need. What you need is feed the post, have a guy back it down, and score at a high percentage and get you back on the right side of things. You can't let a six zero run become a ten or a twelve zero run or a sixteen zero run, which is what we saw. Uh, in a couple of games here. I, I think, uh, was it the Celtics game where they finished the third on a 16-0 run? That run went to 19-0 in the early third, I mean, the early fourth. Well, those are killers. And the Kings, during that whole entire stretch, took nothing but ill-advised, bad, yeah. just horrific shots. Either they they were trying to slow things down and got late shot clock uh, shots up, or they just took bad jumpers. And it's like, it, in those moments, that's where... Like a guy like Zebo was so valuable. Just throw it to the guy who can get you a bucket 80% of the time or get to the free throw line and stop what's happening. And Sabonis was doing that, wasn't he, against Boston? Well, yeah, but when they pulled him out in the late third, they pulled him out in the third oh, to, to get him his rest, and that's when they got blown out. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, let's shift to Tyrese. Um, James and I were talking moments ago. Tyrese is almost certainly going to be an all-star this year. Uh, he's mm-hmm. leading the league in assists. He really is having uh, a, 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 a. He's just having an incredible season, um, kind of spearing this run that the Pacers are on that maybe a lot of people didn't expect. Uh, what do Tyrese numbers show you besides that insane 40 straight assists without a turnover? Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the assists, but uh, he's also averaging career highs in points and rebounds. 
Um, the rebounds especially was a little bit of a surprise for me. He's at 4.7. Um, and then he's also getting a lot of steals, uh, 1.8 a night for fourth in the NBA. We saw it last year. He's just so good in the passing lanes. And it seems like that's just continuing to be the case in Indiana. So his passing gets the most attention, but he's really showing some overall numbers across the board. And go ahead. Argentina go just, ahead. just got that second goal that uh, Jesse's in there screaming about, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's big. So Every, they're up everybody, two everybody, everybody good here? <laughs> do the show. Do the show. Don't okay. even worry about me. All right. All right. I just, Fantastic. Just make He's sure locked every, in a little just, room. <laughs> it can be like the Garfield, uh, like old stick on your, win, your window guy. <laughs> He's just bouncing around in there and losing his mind. Uh, yeah, hey, Will, I'll point out uh, when it comes to Halliburton, um, this is something I've, I talked about during the draft. Like, uh, that's that crazy season uh, where, you know, first of all, Halliburton got hurt in like January that year, but then we had the pandemic and the shutdown. So I, I wrote 23 mock drafts that year uh, because that's kind of what happened. That's just the way the season went. Um, and I kept saying all through my mock drafts, if it translates, and it's not just a scoring because the questions about a scoring were, can he get that shot off at the pro level? And I think a lot of people thought, no, there's no way he's going to get that off, right? Because it's a little slow. It's a little awkward. It's a little Kevin Martin-esque. Uh, and then it was like, okay, will he be a great assist man at the next level? Everyone's like, okay, well, he averaged a little over five. And then the rebounding thing was the same thing. He was a really good rebounder at the college level. Mm-hmm. He averaged, you know, over five boards a game. I think if the number the six in my head is like 5.7. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and then... In Sacramento, that wasn't what they did. They didn't send their guards back during that era to to go get the ball. And we're seeing Fox have this blow up as a defensive rebounder. Uh, but I think Halliburton is also looking at like, hey, that's something I can do. That's something he's good at. Um, he's not a big you know guy for contact. Uh, but there's so much room in his game for improvement. And I think it's really exciting because everything at the college level at this point, like three years in, is fully translating. And it's fun just to see him get to flourish in that more expanded role. Uh, I'm happy for him. I He seems like a great guy. Uh, again, a trade that works out for both sides is a, a good thing. And uh, it's, it's hard to know if his numbers would be the same on the Kings this year, but um, it's definitely safe to say that with his expanded role and kind of ability to do everything in Indiana, he's getting that love for sure. Will uh, we'll end with this one, a, a trade that works out for everybody. Well, they still have a guy that's constantly talked about in trade conversations, and I think he's been pretty valuable to to what the Pacers have been doing, and that's Miles Turner. Um, any numbers stand out regarding uh, Miles Turner? Yeah, so Turner's also having a career year, uh, career highs in points, rebounds, field goal percentage, three-point percentage. He's up to 39.7 from three which has been a huge jump for him and free throw percentage. And then he's still getting it done with the 2.6 blocks. So that's one of my big things to watch tonight is how the Kings excel at getting to the rim and not only getting to the rim, but finishing. They shoot 70% at the rim, but the Pacers on the flip side, uh, rip, uh, rest in peace flip side, uh, Pacers <laughs> opponents only shoot 60%. So it'll be interesting to see 
will the Kings still get their shots to go or will the Pacers lock them down in the inside or will it meet in the middle? So I put that as my swing stat for the game. Oh, very good. And it's an interesting note here from not uh, KJJK, mm-hmm. uh, the Halley effect. It's it's yeah. it's that Chris Paul thing. You make your, your, your bigs better. We saw Tyrese do it with Rashawn Holmes. We've seen Chris Paul do it with pretty much everyone he's ever played with at that position. Now P- Tyrese is doing it with perhaps Tyrese is doing it with Miles Turner. Yeah, I mean he is Yeah, he's one of the most uh versatile setup mans that you're going to run into because it's not I mean he can draw and kick. Um he, he does his jump passing which I know drives a lot of people crazy. The old Rod Strickland mm-hmm. jump pass. Um but the thing with him is that his floater is so incredibly impactful that you never know if he's going for a floater or if he's going to hit the the roll man. So while he's not great at like getting all the way to the basket like on repeated, you know, repeatedly during a game, he is really good at with that floater and again, you're sitting there wondering the whole time is he going to is he going to float it at the rim or is he going to float it to his big man who's going to hammer on you? And uh, I I think it'll be an interesting matchup. The Kings have worked really hard in the pick and roll. I think they've been pretty pretty solid in the pick and roll. I I guess Will, that's a good question for you. Like, where are the Kings' pick-and-roll defense? Because this is a team that is going to pick-and-roll you to death with those bigs. Will's just two um, clicks away from a stat. Always. Told, it's just two, <laughs> two, just two, just two that clicks. One, <laughs> that one I might have to take it back and do some research on. Okay. Um, it's hard. I I should subscribe to Cleaning, uh, cleaning the Glass. I think they have the best pick-and-roll numbers. Uh, I do most of my work just on the NBA site but uh, i yeah. did subscribe uh, to cleaning the glass find. for a long time and then i realized i can't read it like i don't know what all of these numbers mean so i'm just gonna unsubscribe to it not that different <laughs> than pro football focus pro football focus put out all of these rankings what the hell do these mean forget it give me my 75 dollars back i can't read this uh well we'll let you do some work off that on, on that offline but we appreciate you as always you can check out will's previews over on espn 1320.net uh, we'll see you tonight my man Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right. It's our man Will Z right there. Official ESPN 1320 uh, statistician. It's funny. I, I didn't make that I, I, for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't make that connection until I saw uh, the message here in the chatty house at YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320 that the season Miles Turner is having is probably directly linked to Tyrese Halliburton in a similar fashion to Clint Capella to Chris Paul. Um, DeAndre Ayton to Chris Paul. Uh, again, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, virtually every big dude that Chris Paul's ever played with, he's had the same effect on him. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point, but I'll also bring it back to the reason why he might not have had those seasons before is because it's a lot different playing with a passing big than it is with a passing guard. And so not only did he not have Tyrese Halliburton, but he also had Domas. And so when you're a guy who... Uh, you know, can shoot from the perimeter and space the floor for a guy, a guy like Domas, that's what the team's going to do. They're going to let him go down in the paint and and really do his work. And uh, while I thought those guys played okay together off each other, like throughout their careers uh, in Indiana, I also know that like a guy who averages 12 points a game for a long time and all of a sudden he's at 20, it's just about opportunity. And, you know, it's not just that Tyrese is there serving him up. It's that Domas isn't there with him clogging the lane for him to do some of the things that he likes to do outside of shooting the three. Really kind of limited him to a rim runner and a floor spacer and not, not a whole lot else. 
Did you expect the Pacers to be where they are right now? No, I, well, I mean, it really did depend because they had shopped uh, Turner so hard. Yeah. And then, you know, you never know what, like, Benedict Matherin is going to be in his first year. Um, incredible. Yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. been absolutely incredible. You didn't know how Buddy Heald would, would work out in year two and if they were going to shop him. Um, you know, a, a few of their players I, I thought were going to, you know, you you weren't you were on the fence about what they were going to be and who they're going to be like going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they've got talent. It's not mm-hmm. like they don't have talent. And like again, Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like he can be uh, like a little rough around the edges to deal with, but I've always found him to be nice. And you know, he looks like Jim Carrey. And uh, you know, I've I've actually sat next to him in an, in an airport and talked to him. And um, he's a guy that you know really knows his X's knows has a game plan for everything. And uh, so, no, I mean, when you have a good coach, I just thought that they were probably going to throw away the season. Yeah, and and while there's still time, um, it would, you know, they would have to facilitate those moves that we've talked so uh, extensively about the Miles Turner move, the you know the Buddy Heald move. Um, it, I don't know that you know, every team's goal obviously is to win a championship, but. It seems like it would be such a hard stop button for the Pacers if they, between now and February, decided to move on from more than likely both of those guys. Well, yeah, but let's look at Utah, where Utah was last week or two weeks ago and where they are today. Like, it doesn't take much for you to slide out of the playoff picture and for you to redefine what you're going to do this season. And, again, Victor Wambanyama... Wambanyama... Women yummy. Yeah, there we go. It's it's a mess. Um, Like, he's such a talent that that people know that, I mean, you're talking about potential multiple championships, you know, multiple MVP awards. Like, if it works out, he's like a Hall of Fame player sitting there. I mean, we haven't seen this type of player probably since LeBron, like coming into the draft where you're like, okay, he's that guy. And so I think a lot of teams are like still Zion look was at it. That. No, there are guys like that you think can be really good, but not like this. Like, and okay. I, I like LeBron was a sure thing. Zion was. We're pretty sure we think, and Victor Wembanyama is the sure thing. Yeah, I mean, but even like Anthony Davis and those guys, there there's a big difference between a surefire number one mm-hmm. that you know is going to be a first the first pick in the draft, sure. and a guy who's going to be. A complete franchise changer that, and a league changer. Like he's going to be a league changer. He's going to change the dynamics of the league once again. Sure. Wow. No pressure on that young man whatsoever. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> I thought the Pacers were too talented to tank. Um, of course, they could have just been wildly different if 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 Miles Turner and Buddy Heald were in fact uh, traded, but. Um, it's a team that I liked a little bit more than Kenny did. I don't want to say liked. It's a team that I was a little higher on uh, than Kenny was entering the season. I feel like, and this is a conversation we have regularly, I distinctively remember a conversation with Trista Crick. A lot of people kind of said what you just said in a different way, though. They don't feel it's sustainable, um, whether it's the Buddy Heald aspect of it or the Miles Turner aspect of it or the thought that, most people believe the Pacers are eventually going to move on with it because the Pacers are facing the same asset management discussion that we'd have regularly here on D'Lo and KC with Miles Turner uh, that the Kings are having with Harrison Barnes. 
are you going to commit to doing this for the entire year, knowing what will probably happen at the end of the year, or do you risk taking a step back by managing your asset maybe a little bit more responsibly? Yeah, and I'll even say, too, they've done some of the similar things that the Kings have done. Like, they drafted Chris Duarte, who was a very old rookie coming into the league, like 23, 24 years old. Um, They've done some of those things to, like, get better quickly uh, at the beginning of last season, but then realized very quickly it wasn't going well. So they showed that they might be a team that is willing to, to take a step back momentarily, as long as they've got a guy like Halliburton on board, like, is if they're communicating and... I think people need to like again with Ty. Like I think Ty is tremendous. Like one of the best, if not the best, personality that I've ever covered here in Sacramento. Just bar none. I mean, he's just like he's so incredibly engaging and fun to talk to. But uh, they lost by forty-five points or whatever with Tyrese Halliburton on this roster. They lost by sixty once. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and that's not to say that it's his fault. But no, of course my, not. My point is that like. He was. He's never going to be an above-average NBA defender, and he might not be a guy who can be even a league, like average defender. Mm. So you have these things. Like he's a good steal guy, but that doesn't mean like tonight he could get torched by some of these guys that that are looking forward to a game like this. Um, but you know, again, the Kings have to do had to do what they had to do to reset what was happening because whatever was happening last year was just absolute trash and. And it's really horrible that you had to give up an asset like this. But there's nothing that says that he would be doing the same thing here in Sacramento. and that, Or that even if you were able to make that deal with for De'Aaron Fox, that he would be the same type of player with Sabonis on the court. Because, again, Sabonis is a guy who wants the ball in his hands all the time to facilitate. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, like this is a trade that did work out for everybody. Uh, let's get to these phone lines, 916-909-1320. Let's get to our brother Sean here. Sean, my man, what's happening? From another mo- my brother's from another mother. Shout out Jesse behind the boards, man. I've been loving the features this week, Hammer. Appreciate you coming on with my man D-Lo, man. It's been a really great week of radio with y'all. Um, I, I got to say, though, D-Lo, I don't know why you want I want this drama to end, man. I've been loving this indie versus sack stuff, man. I love seeing the kid Hallie. You know, I'm the resident Pacer sexual. I love seeing Hallie doing so well with his new team, man. 40 assists, zero turnovers in his Crazy. last three games. And I think y'all hit the nail on the head, man. I think it's just a better fit with Miles Turner. I think, you know, like y'all said before, it, it was so hard for him and Fox to coexist, man. I, I'm just happy they're both in a good situation. But I, I did want to ask a little off-the-rails question. Okay, good. <laughs> with the with the 40th and zero turnovers in the last three games, man, that's just a silly stat. What is the silliest streak or record either of y'all could think of in the NBA? I'll take it off the air. Keep it real peasy, fellas. Sean, we appreciate you, man. Uh, Ramsey, we'll get to you in just a heartbeat. Hang on. Want to hear what you have to say. 916-909-1320. We'll get to working on that goofy streak that Sean proposed right there. We'll come back with more. James Hand filling in for KC here on Dealing with KC on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. 
Live on the Odyssey app, live on twitch.tv slash ESPN1320, youtube.com slash ESPN1320. Kings Pacers tonight. We'll spend some time going over the college football playoff rankings, too, here uh, in just a little bit. Anthony Slater of The Athletic coming up at 220. And Brandon Nunez, your partner over at the Kings Beat, uh, will be with us coming up uh, in the go-home hour of the show, 320. Uh, we'll get back to these phone lines, though, 916 uh, I don't have an answer, by the way, to Sean's question. I can't. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure there. I, I, there's a. Oh, there was a. There was a. Anthony. Young, maybe he had like a consecutive start streak in Major League Baseball where he just couldn't win, and it was some absurd number, like fifty something. Like he would just start. He just he just kept losing over and over and over again. I think his name. I can't remember what his name was. But outside of that, I can't think of a a, 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 a streak a, a streak that really stands out. I think my crazy streak was the um, uh oh uh oh. <laughs> I'm putting the camera on you every time they you called do off something. sides. Mexico I'm, just scored and they called off sides. Oh, I, I, no. I'm putting the camera on you every single time. I'm and I apologize to the to the uh, uh, to the to the radio and Odyssey audience but the the, the the World Cup has has gripped the nation and Jesse is really invested in this game that's going on right now. Yeah, he's fully captured by it. Uh, I would say my favorite favorite streak was the Rockets winning I think it was 21 straight uh under Rick Adelman. And the reason why I love that streak is because like game 11 uh Tracy McGrady went down and like game 12 Yao Ming went down and they just kept winning. Mm. Um, Rick Adelman was by far it, the greatest coach that I've ever seen with the next man up mentality when his starters went down. And that's what I keep talking about with the Kings. They right now that, that back end of the bench, you know, if we're talking, Oh, well not the back end of the bench, the back end of the rotation. So let's just go from, you know, after Davion. So Monk Davion, our number six, number seven in the rotation, but eight, nine, 10, 11, Right. Those guys are playing really well, but they're playing really well in, like, very specific roles. Like, this is what we need you to do. But if the Kings had a catastrophic injury or a long-term injury and were down without, you know, a Harrison Barnes or even a Keegan Murray or a Sabonis for six weeks, I don't think they have that kind of depth to be able to fill in with the next man up in that kind of way. And that's a concern. Like, I, they they have depth for Mike Brown to tinker with what he's doing in a lineup on a given night, but I don't know that they have depth to withstand a major injury. Hmm. And so, like, I hope that's not tested because right now they're doing really well without that. Uh, but it, it's something, you know, that I definitely think that would be a concern for me. Let's get uh, Ramsey in here. Uh, 916-909-1320. What's happening, Ramsey? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Just talk about this whole that was made made me think back to a similar situation about 35 years ago between Cleveland and Phoenix when basketball-wise, when Cleveland had Mark Price and they just drafted Kevin Johnson, then they made the tra- then Cleveland and Phoenix made a trade. Phoenix traded an all-star in Larry Nance to Cleveland for Kevin Johnson, Tyrone Corbin, Mark West, and a couple other people. And it feels like a very, almost like a very similar trajectory of projection. I mean, the trade worked out for both teams at that time. This trade's working out for both teams at this time. Tip your hat to Tyrese Halliburton. Have fun in Indiana. But again, we got the proven all-star in DeMontis Sabonis. And the Kings are moving forward, trying to make the playoffs. Just like Cleveland was making the playoffs once they got 
or continue to make the playoffs once they got Larry Nance and Phoenix trajectory changed once they traded for Kevin and they made their moves. Yeah, it's a good call, Ramsey. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a uh, Ramsey is a wealth of knowledge. Sometimes, man, we appreciate you. It's a good call. Yeah, uh, they also it means made the it. Kings are going to the finals. <laughs> that's what Phoenix did, right? When they got Kevin Johnson, they they ninety three. Well, I guess that's probably more when they got Charles Barkley. They went to the finals, but yeah, uh, that I, I've told that story, right? The Jared Mustoff story. I feel like I would remember a Jared Mustoff reference. Okay, so at that right around that same time, they traded with the Knicks and got Jared Mustoff. Phoenix, who, yes, Phoenix. Oh, okay. And when he got to uh, Phoenix, he had his contract was just about up, and so they locked him. He's a young, long, athletic forward, um, and they gave up. Man, I'm, I'm trying to think what Phoenix gave up in that trade. Uh, but they had two options. They had given, like, do you want Charles Oakley or do you want this young up-and-comer and Jared Mustoff? They traded for him. Uh, Paul Westfall was a coach. Paul told me this story. And uh, so they traded for him, and the second they got him, they signed him to a new four-year, $5 million contract, which at that that point, $1.25 million was huge, especially with a roster like they had. And um, then he uh, he got his girlfriend pregnant and tried to pay someone to have her uh, killed. That didn't work out. The guy took the money, and then, uh, but he didn't get arrested for it. Um, then his cousin flew from, like, Arkansas to Seattle where the girl was living, killed her, and then flew home. And then they never indicted Jared Mustoff for the actual murder of her. Um, and... Paul Westfall literally said we had a guy on our bench who everyone on our team, everyone knew had had her killed. He's on our bench, and there's nothing we can do about it. Ironclad contract, owner won't pay it out. So like a year goes by, they're not playing him at all. He ends up losing a wrongful death uh, suit to the parents, like $280,000 or something, or $2.8 million. Um, this whole entire story is just crazy. And he never gets indicted. And they never could violate his contract. So eventually the Suns bought him out and just sent him packing. And I don't he never played again in the league. Then he went on to work in the league office and then he became a CEO of some other business. And yeah. Craziest story ever. But Paul said it was the most awkward thing ever having someone on your bench that you knew had done something and there was nothing you could do about it. Do you ever have a cheerful story? <laughs> like, do you ever have has anyone ever shared anything happy with you sure do you uh, ever recite those <laughs> like you 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 sure got some <laughs> some i have a morbid sense of uh, uh yeah and i can now say definitively you have not told that story that's one i'd remember yeah I, that's I, interesting I, I can say for sure that is that's that's the in 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 your uh two plus years with Dilo and Casey that's a new one you can look it up wasn't expecting it, it. that's yeah. a new one yeah <laughs> as Chris says went on to be a CEO yep that tracks um yeah. I don't know where to go from here, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the soccer matchup. Oh, phone, phones, go to phones. All right, uh, nine. Oh, Lazy nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. Good luck following that, Lazy. Uh, yeah, I was not expecting that. Uh, Hello, Mister Ham. What's going on, guys? Um, I just have a quick comment. 
a quick uh, two-part question, uh, comment uh, on the Kings and the Pacers. I think the deal worked out for both teams. You see both Fox and Halliburton being successful. I think it's great. But um, I really called today because I wanted to ask Cam a question. It's kind of a long two-parter. Uh, the other day, Ham, you kind of went over a list of Monty McNair's transactions. You went over guys like Whiteside, Moharkless, Tristan Thompson, guys who aren't here anymore. Uh, when you go through his total transactions, I know this year is great. Everything's working out. But do you ever get hesitant about the future and him getting a, another contract based on his ability to build a roster or lack of until recently? Um, it's a good question because I uh, like I, I've been really harsh on Monty McNair for when he got hired. He had like five minutes to prepare for the off season because mm-hmm. it was again that really crazy. He got hired in September. I think the draft and free agency started like late October, early November. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. it was a mess. Yeah, it was like ready, set, go, go, run a team, right? So that first year, I think that there was some uh, some definite issues that uh, that I didn't think that they had done enough. But I'll say this: um, when you look, I, I read this today too. Uh, I can't remember if it was Jake Fisher's story, um, but it, it's something very specific when it comes to the way Monty was brought up in the league, and that is. If you don't have stars, you cannot build. And so his first thing was to assess what he had, and he determined that he thought De'Aaron Fox was was an all-star level player. He had to get a second one to go with him. And so all of these other moves that we're talking about, the Tristan Thompson move or, um, you know, again, trading for Mo Harkless, trading for Terrence Davis, trading for DeLon Wright, all of those. Those are really, really small moves in the grand scheme of what a general manager is trying to do. What he's really trying to do is find two cornerstones and then build off of that. And he already had some guys under contract that there wasn't a lot he could do. Uh, just moving Buddy Hills, like when he's making 23 million bucks a year and still had three years left, that wasn't an easy task to go move that contract. Just like right now, the contract that they signed to to Rashawn Holmes. That might not be easy to move, but I think when you look at all of the other pieces that he's done, they were pieces to that set up pieces. They were moves that set up moves that set up moves. So you have to look at, you know, some of this stuff in a lot of ways that you you look at chess. Like you don't just make one move and you win the game. You have to set up like six moves in advance in order to get to where you want to go. And that's why I always bring up in the uh, the huge you know Sabonis trade, it's that not only did they get rid of Buddy's contract in that, but they took back an expiring contract, or they took they took back uh, Jeremy Lamb, uh, who expired, but they also took back um, Holiday, oh, mm-hmm. and, and he had like one year left, but that six and a half million bucks or whatever he was owed, that was a movable piece that they were able to go use to get Herder, and so there are all of these moves that work together and that are pieces to a bigger puzzle and I think Monty's doing a really good job of setting the team up long term um, without completely hamstringing himself and you know does he need to make more moves yeah but like there's only three guys left from the roster he inherited and that's Fox you know Barnes and Rashawn Holmes and there's it's very possible that like next summer that only Fox is left by, Mm -hmm. by next summer and that's pretty remarkable when you consider it's been a little a little over two years that he's been in charge of the team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 